Welcome to Food and Loathing, your weekly earful of foodie news, gossip, and assorted silliness presented in podcast form from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm your host, Al Mancini, a man on a never-ending quest to eat everything Las Vegas has to offer. <laughs> Getting pretty close. You could tell by my expanding waistline. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> Co-hosting with me this week is Samantha Gemini Stevens, one of the many talented writers at OffTheStrip.com, who just posted her rundown of how some local F&B pros are celebrating Thanksgiving. Hello, Gemini. How are you? Hello. Thanks for that plug. I'm great. Yeah, it was fun to talk to everybody about that. We've done a podcast on that before, but I didn't have time to get to it this year. So thank goodness you were there to pick up um, <laughs> pick up that topic, Gemini. Thank you. So everybody should check that out over at OffTheStrip.com. Next, handling all of the sound duties for us from balancing the treble and the bass to editing out things that might get us sued is the one and only Mr. Rich Johnson. Don't forget the popping of the peas. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really as so much a pop as it was no. an overmodulation of. Yeah, the peas I know. I can't right there. <laughs> I can't pop my. Oh, there we go. Popcorn, popcorn. Yeah, well, there you that, go. That's what we're not supposed to do. That's I am uh, looking, Gemini, very closely at your uh, off the strip piece on Thanksgiving and. I am probably going to patronize one of those folks for a big old oh, to-go thing. Yeah, yeah. just to clarify, you know, there are two articles up there now. One was, where can you go and spend Thanksgiving off the strip? And so there's lots of places to dine, grab food to go, have a drink. There's a couple of really great specials in there. And then, as Al was mentioning, talking to the professionals about how they spend Thanksgiving, uh, hopefully with a day off, but I know that's rare in hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been assembling a lot of that info for my upcoming appearances on radio and TV on my own. I've got my own little book of scribbled notes, but you can be kind of guaranteed that I'm going to be stealing a bit from you when Please I make my do. appearances. Yes. So, <laughs> as long as that's okay, as long as I tell people they should read your article. Sure. Then I yeah, will. I would love that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, great. Um, look, as always, we are kicking things off discussing where and what we've been eating. And if you don't mind, everybody, I think I'll kick things off this week. Go for it. Your show, Just dude. riled up today man I'm, I'm in a mood i don't don't want to get stopped no I ranting like i promise i won't go off on salt bay or anything this yeah. week but, um, <laughs> uh i need to start absolutely have to start biggest event of the week i think the oh. grand opening party for lotus of siam yes. in red rock we played a short interview with owner on penny chatima last week and i then returned for a massive bash to celebrate the place's opening you know if you are new to las vegas or the las vegas food scene i you know, I should give you some background. It's really impossible for me to overstate how huge an off-strip institution Lotus of Siam has been for several decades here in Las Vegas. Its owner chef um, was, which is Saipan Chutima. She was a James Beard Award nominee in 2008 and 2010, a semifinalist in 2009, finally a winner in 2011. At one well point. Deserved. Yeah, well, well deserved. At one point, um, the late Jonathan Gold, a Pulitzer Prize winning food critic, and there ain't a lot of those out there. He's yeah. no longer with us, but yeah. he at one time declared it the best Thai restaurant in America. Mm. Um, it had a longtime location in a rundown shopping center on East Sahara, just a <laughs> short walk from the the many on premises <sighs> sex clubs like the Green Door, the green door. <laughs> several cool gay bars. I know the, the gay cowboy bar next door that I used to love to go to. The Badlands was they awesome. Did the best drag. <laughs> yes, they did have good drag shows there, too. Um, the, anyway, that location is now closed just to get everybody yeah. settled on that, sadly. But they have a much nicer space on East Flamingo near Hughes Center. 
And they are now also at Red Rock, the Red Rock Casino Resort. And man, their legion of fans turn out for their opening party. Anyone who was anyone in this town was there, as well as people like me who just like to hobnob with the truly important people. Um, There were Thai dancers. At one point, all of the guests went outside and released candles into the Red Rock pool as part of a Thai ceremony of releasing those who have wronged you and um, speaking to your dead relatives. I'm probably getting it wrong. My no disrespect intended to, um, to, to the people who do that regularly, if I'm misunderstanding it, but it was a beautiful ceremony. Um, Of course there was food, but the most jaw dropping part of it all was the restaurant itself. It is just massive and gorgeous. And the photos uh, I saw are amazing. To to, uh, put it in perspective, this is the old, buffet space it's not all of it but it's it looks like it's the vast majority of the buffet space at red rock yeah yeah they're taking that buffet and that'll also be um a new greek restaurant coming from the same folks which is penny chatima and her partners and also a um a greek influenced oyster bar but i'm told that's going to be pretty casual so um that'll be coming also from those same people those three in general are all going to take up that space that was the the Buffet, buffet space, but yeah, seriously, Lotus of Siam seems to have taken up the overwhelming majority of it. It's it's massive. It is gorgeous. They've got you know at least 150 items on the menu, so plenty to choose from. Um, Do they still have the amazing, amazing wine list that they've always had. Or yes. I am not a guy to judge a wine list, but Fair I enough. know that they're very proud of their wine. Yes. Say 150 uh, items on the menu or so. You know, this was. The it's interesting, like the, the New Jersey Route 17 diner of Thai restaurants. Well, Rich, if you recall from last week's episode, what Penny had mentioned to me was that um, there were probably three to four hundred menu items on the original menu at oh, Lotus wow. of Siam. Okay. And that's after they incorporated their special secret northern Thai menu into mm. the main menu. Yeah. Um, then they went over to East Flamingo and then COVID happened and they trimmed down their menu at that point. To from 300 plus to about 150. So they're still operating on that 150 post COVID menu over at East Flamingo. I'm told that only about three or four of those dishes didn't make it to the Red Rock yeah. menu. Don't know why. Don't know what they were. Doubt most of you are going to miss them. But if you yeah. do, call me. Yeah. Let me know what it is because I want to know what you missed. And the- I love that you brought up the Northern Thai because I recently watched a rerun, obviously, of uh, Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain and he and Jet Tila were at Lotus of Siam here in Vegas. And Jet Tila said to just take the menu, skip all the way to the back where the Northern Thai specialties are and just order off of that menu. He is so enamored with it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember when Jet Jet filmed (laughs) that. One of these days, I'll tell you some of the behind the scenes gossip I heard about that. (laughs) The last time. Yeah. Last time I was at the Flamingo thing, I I did that. I said, okay, give me some Pud Thai and then find me something that compliments that off the back and surprise me. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it was really good. And it surprised you. It did. So there you go. <laughs> cool. Uh, other things I did this week with Christmas just around the corner, the holiday pop-ups are starting. Yes. So I paid a visit to my first of the year. This is Bad Elf at the Silverton. I have no idea what this particular bar in the Silverton is called the rest of the year, but if you know the Silverton, you may recognize it as it's the place that has that Airstream trailer inside oh. with two lanes of bowling. I've bowled Point there. Point out bowling. Uh-huh. Yes, you have bowled there. Okay. Duck, it's, it's, it's duck pin bowling, which is different than 10 pin bowling. Yeah, because okay. there's little yeah. strings on top that well, preset the Well, it's also a pins. smaller ball, and you get, I think, three shots as opposed to two. Yeah, and it's like... There's three kinds, like, yeah. 
pool cues you're practically throwing down there. Oh, They're it's, pretty the, small. it's the middle ground between regular 10-pin bowling and that New England thing called candle-pin bowling. Oh, my gosh. Which are I actually don't... little straight pins as opposed to the uh. squatty little things that is duck pins. <laughs> this is way too... I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, well, we I'll know cut a lot. this part out. Yeah. Nah, leave it we in there. We didn't want to know it, but we know it. I love yeah. it. They wanted to know it. I didn't know, know there was so much. But that Everybody is so wanted cool. To know. If you've... <laughs> but, if, yeah, I, let me just... I'll, I'll interrupt yes. one time. If you're always looking for something off the strip and something weird and something you've never seen in Vegas before, go down to the Silverton. It's a local's place, but it is the most gorgeous, in my eyes, casino in town, or was the last time I was there. The the, the dark and light and the yellows and the greens and the reds, the, the, the neon, and then the, the creativeness of the whole thing is really beyond its sort of station in the uh, Vegas ecosystem, I think. Yeah, and, well, you know, a- mermaids. And mermaids. And mermaids. Yes, I, I was yes. just going to get to that, right? <laughs> and this a fast pro place, shops with it, yeah. In order for me to get in, I had to park. Well, I didn't have to. There's probably an easier way, but I parked. I valeted, walked in past the Bass Pro Shop. Not yeah. something that's a very Vegas thing. No. Um, made a left, walked past the mermaids who were swimming in the aquarium with the fish behind the custom motorcycles and kept going until I saw the bar with the Airstream trailer with yeah. the bowling alley. That's just so fucking Vegas. <laughs> that sentence great. right there. And on the way out, you can pick up a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think, no, because I think they maybe have been one of the sporting goods stores that changed the way they sold guns maybe. after things, but oh, could be wrong on that. But we won't go deep into that one. No. <laughs> anyway, um, look, so anyway, that trailer, that Airstream now has um, Santa's sleigh on top with the blow-up reindeers. <laughs> and yes, it's a Santa trailer. The whole place is done Santa. Um, you know, there's there's dirty looking elves hanging out all over the place. Um, there's Christmas lights, lots of holiday cocktails, some great snacks. There was also some, some sort of puzzle hunt, but um, honestly, I kind of just skipped that. I still had a lot of fun, but I didn't want to hunt for puzzles. I didn't want to work while I was there, but some of the other journalists were who were there for it. Um, so honestly, a great place to get your nog on. And the only Christmas pop-up I know, that's just a short walk from an aquarium packed with mermaids. So yeah. you know, like where else does that shit happen? For all your mermaid right? needs. <laughs> True. Um, on Saturday, I went to the Las Vegas Pizza Festival, and we have a lot of interviews from that we event do. coming up a little later in the show. Uh, then on Saturday night, while Sue was at the Golden Knights game with a friend, I paid my first visit to Vetri Cucina uh, up at the top of the Palms. I sat at the bar, didn't go for a full meal because I was by myself. It was early in the evening, but I was able to enjoy their aperitivo hour. And I thought that was worth mentioning because that's where you can get light bites at the bar with that same amazing view, um, a bit more of a casual vibe and really the snack size prices. I had some chilled oysters in a um, Jardinera Mignonette. Those were three for 12. I had some grilled oysters with um, Nuja butter, which were also three for 12. Did some Parmesan Grassini wrapped in 24 month prosciutto de Parma. And that, of course, you know, they have the prosciutto machine right in the middle of the um, dining room. So they would walk out there and slice it to order, bring it back to the bar (laughs) then put a little bit more cheese on it and have these beautiful marinated apples that were served with it. Again, that was another like $12 course. These are light snacks. You're not going to fill up on them, but it is a great way that you can go and enjoy this place without, because this, this is a special occasion restaurant. This is a date night restaurant. This is a celebratory restaurant and the prices can get up there at Vetri Cucina. I have no problem paying their prices for anything they have, but I will go back with Sue and do that. But you know, this, this aperitivo hour, I think is really cool. Uh, Other, 
other items on the, that menu are um, a daily pizza al taglio, um, a veggie antipasti. The pizza is 12 bucks. Antipasti is 14. Uh, a tonarelli with frutta di mare for 26. That's the most expensive thing on the menu. A full on pasta with seafood. And then select beers for five bucks. Select wine, Aperol spritzes, Negronis, and old fashions for 10. So that's that runs. Fantastic deal. Yeah. So that's five to 630 yeah. daily. Okay. And, you know, this time of year, you can kind of go up where maybe it's still a little light out and watch the lights go down mm-hmm. and during that hour. So a really nice way to check out the restaurant without coming in for a formal meal. So I highly recommend it. Have any, either Absolutely. of you guys made it into Vetri since it's not reopened? Not since they reopened. Nope, no, nope, nope, it's, nope. Never it's been, high on my list and it's going to be happening very soon, especially after hearing about that. I got a long sitting at the bar and just trying all the things. Yeah. I got a long and growing list of uh, Italian places <laughs> I've not been to. So this, this will be on the list, but it's going to be down there a little bit. Yeah. Still got to get to Brezza. Now I got to get oh, to man. Bala. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were in Bala. You were in the, yeah, for the party at that's least, That's true, right? I was, yeah. Um, okay, I went in for brunch at Chef Matt Meyer's place, 138 degrees this weekend. Great brunch menu, very interesting, very original. Um, I had some Thai mussels. I did some duck confit dumplings, um, some breakfast tacos, one of the, like four or five different types of tacos they have on the menu. We did one of the Benedicts with the house-cured salmon. They do several other Benedicts. Matt's always been known for that. Some, what else did we have? A pumpkin waffle. Um, then he brought out a taste of a steak, dry-aged, beautiful cut, wonderful, very earthy, um, very funky with the aging flavor on it, um, little foie gras on top of that, uh, beautiful sauce on it. Um, we are really like that. that. That steak, not on the normal brunch menu. He just did that for us to give us a taste of what he's doing I'm going over there. For dinner next week, and I'm glad I chose dinner over brunch because I I am a dry aged steak kind of person. Oh, and you can watch them. You can see them aging right there in the um, display cases. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I definitely recommend. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Um, I would like to see maybe a few more sweet options on the brunch menu. There are only a handful and I do like to mix my savory and sweet (laughs) at brunch, but that's just me. Um, But I'll tell you that fucking waffle, the pumpkin waffle. We were there with a, um, a teenager friend of ours kid and that's what he ordered. And it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, So yeah, I would definitely return for brunch and I am excited about getting in for dinner. And then finally I had a press dinner last night at um, Chi at the strat and um we're gonna have more on that in the news so i'll skip over that right now and we'll we'll wait on that for the news but where how about you where have you guys been well my tastings for the week began just minutes after we wrapped up recording last week's podcast at bala (laughs) italian soul at the sahara i walked out i turned right i went to chickies and pete's the famous philly crab fries joint i know i've given them Grief for crab fries, which is just Old Bay seasoning. The the national seasoning of Baltimore becomes the signature thing of Philadelphia. All right, don't get me started on that. Well, that's from <laughs> them being in a stadium in Baltimore where those yes. things went over really Yeah, big. yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, McCormick's uh, is in Baltimore as well, the makers of Old Bay. I yeah. Believe. But I had a Philly cheesesteak, probably the best Philly cheesesteak I've ever had. And I've had ever, what I ever? think are two of the best. I've been to Tony and Nick's in South Philly. Not that intersection, what is, what is it, Geno's and Pat's Gino's or whatever. And Pat's no, this is several blocks south near Oregon Avenue, appropriate for me. And I had a wonderful <laughs> one there a few years ago. Claymont Steak Shop just over the border in Claymont, Delaware. Pictures of Joe Biden everywhere. <laughs> that was a wonderful. <laughs> Chickies and Pete's, that, that uh, sandwich is huge. Great ratio of chopped beef and grilled 
chopped onions in there, little ones, not not big ones. The bread is solid, holding up all the juice and the cheese sauce. That cheese sauce appears to be a combo of American and cheddar, kind of on the white side, not the uh, neon yellow side. Uh, <laughs> so gener- it was cheese whiz? Uh, no, it was it was something else. I was I think it was their signature thing, okay. but it was really good. Uh, well done, but next time I will get a little extra on the side, sort of the consistency of Stadium Nacho cheese food product. But uh, I love that stuff, so I will uh, do that next time, and I will be back for that. Yeah, I'll tell you, as a guy who grew up outside of Philadelphia, um, Chickies and Pete's was not super popular when I was still living there up, yeah. up through the early 80s. But, um, you know, when I go back, that's where all my friends and family go. They love yeah. it. They, they adore it. Um, you know, I'm still a, you know, I have a couple places that I like, but um, honestly, John's Roast Pork is where I go in Philly. <laughs> and I there think their cheesesteak, even the roast pork is where why you go, yeah. but their cheesesteak is the best cheesesteak in Philly. So I'm going to send you there next no time you're in Philly. But no for doubt. Las Vegas, Chickies and Pete's is as close yeah. as you're going to get, man. No doubt. To a real Philly cheesesteak. I went back to Allegiant Stadium, another UNL football game, another uh, loss, but uh, I tried something else. This time, Abuela's Tacos, which is a little stand just a few steps away from the pink box donut stand and across the aisle from the big fixed rolling smoke uh, oh, yeah. place there. I walked uh, by there the other day. One of the semi-bargains of the venue, I would say. Two good, generous tacos, beef or chicken, 12 bucks. Of course, they made up for it for like, by charging eight bucks for a bottle of water. So <laughs> I wouldn't tip it all that. I was like 24 <laughs> down for two tacos. Uh, the lady making the tacos may not have been the abuela, but she certainly is somebody's abuela grandmother uh very tasty generous topping of cilantro and fine chopped onion nice green chili uh, salsa on the side to, to pour on there and which is a little delicate balance to take the little lid off the little thing and pour them on your lap but, <laughs> and not on your lap but on the stuff that's resting and hopefully not on the guy sitting in front of you yeah yeah well it's UNLV game i could have a whole section to myself although there you it, go. it was better attended than the first one i went to because there were six thousand fresno state fans there Oh, goodness. Having a weekend. Uh, at home, I made a big Facebook production. I think uh, you saw this of my all-day onion soup cooking. I added the stock I'd made earlier in the week for French onion soup. I, I did a couple of uh, tips online. I got some tips online during that process that improved things. Uh, I got impatient and did not cook the stock and the onions together oh, long enough. I did like six <laughs> hours of onion reduction. So the onions were a little al dente. Uh, 15 hours of the beef that I'd done earlier in the week, beef and pork bones in the slow cooker. I did it overnight, and that really worked out well. But I only did about an hour, hour and a half of them together. That's my bad noted for yeah. next time. And I'll be doing that uh, a lot of next times because the cold weather is here. And one late addition after editing all your walking tour pizza stuff, Al, for our <laughs> next section. Editing. I gave you an entire montage that you I spent did. an hour and a half editing I know, together And I spent you, about so. an hour <laughs> tightening it up and making it better. Could have made it loose like me. Yeah, loose and easy like <laughs> I am. You're loose right here, buddy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I enjoyed a couple of nice slices, slices at Bonanno's in downtown Summerlin. A sausage and pepperoni on one, and then the dreaded sacrilegious Canadian bacon and pineapple on the other. And the beverage pairing, Diet Pepsi. There you go. <laughs> That's my you week. Know, I, I'm still thinking about your onion soup, and I'm realizing that I am not a good cook. 
No one should ever eat anything that I cook, but <laughs> I know enough to know that no good foodie um, story ever starts with, I got a little impatient and. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> pretty and. much, there's a, never a happy yeah. ending. To Mia, that. Mia, goddamn culpa. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Gosh. So, yeah. So I went last week, um, I went to Who Songs in Boca Park. And, um, you know, it, it's been ages. It's over there on Rampart in Charleston. I had had a craving for some enchiladas. And so while I was doing some shopping over there, I decided to pop in. I also remembered that they offered their guacamole with chicharrones, which I really like. Um, I don't do a whole lot of carby things if I can help it. Um, they just don't agree with me. Um, but it had been ages since I'd been in there. So I thought, you know, why not? It's just me. And let me tell you, I am still craving great enchiladas. So it was a nine ninety five upcharge for the shrimp. Number one, oh. um, number two, the tortillas were so huge and they were so thick that all it was once anything got rolled up was tortilla. Mm. And I chose all three sauces, which the sauces were good. They offer a roasted uh, red sauce. There's a green like fresher sauce, and they offer a cheese sauce. All of those are fine. They're not overly cheesed like some of them. But for 10 bucks, I got maybe a skewer of shrimp between like three enchiladas. And it was just really disappointing. Um, everything was cooked perfectly, but you didn't taste anything but these really thick tortillas, which ended up being really kind of stodgy and just not really helping the dish at all. Uh, and then when I got my guac, I got no chicharrones. Uh, so I said something, um, which I don't Which was the whole do. reason. That was why yeah, you were there. That was yeah. the whole reason I went for the guac. And uh, their 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 guy was basically saying, "Oh, we don't have them right now, or it's going to be however many minutes." And their their idea was just to load me up with more tortilla chips in a bag, um, which I, I don't need any of that. Um, so yeah, I'm just really disappointed. Like like I said, everything tasted good, um, but it was not a good enchilada. It was it should have been you know maybe two tacos or something like that. I don't know. Um, so I'm still looking for it. Um, altogether, it wasn't that bad. I mean, the upcharge pissed me off because again, I, there was maybe five shrimp in the whole dish. Um, so that plus their queso ran me a little over $40 between tax and tip. I don't find the pricing that bad. I just think that they could have handled the food a bit better. Um, but then have you ever been to the original? original original in mexico no, <laughs> no no and and so the reason i'm so disappointed is i was telling rich before we started i have been two songs in town and i used to go to the one in mandalay a lot and they would have the mariachi guys running around and they had great margarita specials and we liked their food and a girlfriend of mine would we would go regularly because it was good and i walked out of there thinking yeah maybe not so much Ooh. um so that's yeah. a drag to hear i've actually been to I've, I've been to the one in mandalay i've been to the one that you were at um i've had decent food every time i was there it was, i've never anything i raved about never anything i complained about it was always right. that went to the one in mexico because i was in a cruise ship with my parents and yeah. it stopped in ensenada or wherever the hell that is and um we went sue and i made it a point to go over there and um you know get it get a little tequila and watch the mariachi band. Absolutely. If you're in Mexico. The original margarita, right? Apparently they invented the margarita. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. That's my understanding. Did. And At I think it was I, for I like some movie story. star that used to drive down there. <laughs> um, but, you know, in general, I'm not always thrilled with Las Vegas places that say we're the place that invented the such yeah. and such. 
Yeah. There's a certain Carpaccio restaurant in town that just never <laughs> impressed me that way. Yeah, yeah there's right. always a great story, but there's always a little bit of, are you sure, mixed into mm-hmm. that. Um, the good news was we tried out a new place, or at least new to us. Um, we went to Suha Bites Sushi Burrito and Hawaiian Barbecue on Buffalo in the Desert Shores area. And it was delicious. It was so good. Um, I'm again, I don't usually do sushi with rice. I do sashimi, but there was, I was looking at the menu. It looked really inviting. Um, everything was super fresh. They've got a wide variety of options and then you can customize it after that. If there's something you want a little more of, or maybe a little less of, um, they're super fast and there's so much food. So we chose two different ones, the Emma pie sushi burrito, which is salmon based and to which we added some spicy crab, some spicy tuna and unagi. Uh, and then the namesake Suha Bites Sushi Burrito, which included Spam. I know we've talked about that before. <laughs> uh, Surimi Crab, which is the fake crab, but, you know, it does. It has a purpose here. Oh, yeah. And so um, Pollock, right? Is that the fish they use for that? Basically, yeah. 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 It's a white fish. It's super easy to, to manipulate into all these little things that they do for, for fake crab. Um, and it is still fish. Um, there are versions out there that are not. So I kind of look for that. Um, and you know, it was just really good. So we added, I think, shrimp tempura to that one. Um, and these things are stuffed to bursting. And I know that the people on the podcast don't know that I have fairly large hands, but I'm showing you guys, this thing was massive. Oh God. And they use like two sheets of nori to kind of try and hold everything together. It wasn't overly sauced. It was, it was perfectly moist as much as I know some people don't like that word. Cause sometimes that rice thing can dry out when they do that. Um, the ratio of rice to filling was really good. The sauces they offer were lovely. Um, and then we also tried their spam salmon, which is a little bit like ramen, but Hawaiian style. Mm. And so it's more of a fish base versus a bone broth, heavy, like tonkatsu broth and things like that um, from, from typical Japanese ramen. Um, I would say they could throw in a few more accoutrements into the soup, like some of the little uh, bits and bites that they throw into ramens and things like that but their soup egg was really good um i really enjoyed that um and uh what else did we try oh we tried their mac salad because they claim to be a hawaiian specialty place and that's a big thing with hawaiian food and it was really good uh slightly sweet um probably too sweet for me in general but for what i was expecting it was wonderful um so yeah and the, i mean the burritos are only 15 to 18 bucks a pop give or take if you're you know before you start customizing things and so we got out of there with the salmon, a couple of burritos, um, and I think we got some miso soup to take home and a couple of other things. And I think before tax and tip, we were looking at like 60 or 70 bucks. Um, so with all the stuff we got, we had meals for like two and a half meals easily. We took a bunch home. So cool. yeah, totally worth it. So glad I found them. Um, uh, like I said, not new, but new to me and really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, and the people were really nice and that's always helpful. Um, didn't have to wait around for much. Um, I know we've, we're going to be talking a lot about pizza on here, but I did go to the Pizza Fest, Al. I saw you walking around. We got to talk to so many people. So we'll kind of leave that for the centerpiece. Um, on Saturday, I went to Boulder City. I have not been there in a while. We went to Milo's on, uh, what is the address there? I'm sorry, I don't have it. It's on that main little drag in Boulder City. The street um, in Boulder City. Yes. Basically, yeah. Just yeah, ask yeah. people where Milo's cellar exactly. is. Exactly. So it's the only it. Milo's there. It's the only wine bar and inn. They have a few rooms that you can actually stay in down there. 
we just went in for drinks and uh, John and I were early to meet our friends, but they had a great wine selection. The servers were really amazing. Um, I really liked the couple of different rooms they have. It really kind of has this old town feel, which I really enjoyed. Um, had a fantastic Muscadet, which is a, a white wine um super um mineral forward and of course i had to send pictures of that to our friend eric over at garagiste because that's one of his favorites um so definitely recommend milo's i have eaten there before i just didn't on saturday um and then we went to the dillinger for dinner and so you hit the two spots right when you go to you go to boulder city (laughs) you go to milo's even though milo's changes i think all the time i remember seeing rock bands in there like 15 years ago playing down there i love the little patio seating but it was too cold and then everybody Um, goes to the dillinger you go to the dillinger um yeah so you know not as not as disappointing as who songs but a little underwhelming. I mean, I've had a lot of meals there. I've really enjoyed the Dillinger in the past. It, it's probably just an off night because my friends' burgers, they said they were really great. Um, I had a Reuben that was fine. Um, but when you tell me you're going to offer atomic horseradish, that's <laughs> literally how it's printed on the menu. I want to be sweating. I want to cry a little bit. You know, I want really great horseradish. And the stuff that was on the, the sandwich was, there was no spice to it at all. Um, they brought me oh, some man. what they called fresh grated i think it was grated probably the day before or maybe even earlier because it's fresh horseradish does not keep a sting for very long it mellows out really really quickly um so yeah it was fine service was fine i just i feel a little bit like maybe they were understaffed so i'm gonna go back and give it another try because i've had really great stuff there before but yeah it was it was fine it was fine uh, they're, they're known for the burgers right they Am really I are correct? and they yeah. and i have some photos they were really large they seemed really juicy everybody generally seemed happy with them we just kept asking for little things that i think that we shouldn't have had to ask for if it was already supposed to be part of a dish uh and so that was kind of the the biggest thing for us um and i know it's family owned and i want to support that i hope that you know if if somebody listens to this they know i will be back i just yeah there's just a few little things that if you're going to put it out there make sure it's there and it was just kind of falling flat on saturday night um and then sunday we went to the raiders and colts game and didn't eat at the stadium because we walked across to mandalay bay when it was over and we went to libertine social with my uh, uncle and some of his friends And, you know, I'm going to keep this one quick because it's just simple. Go, go, go. I had amazing, perfectly seared scallops. I had this beautiful little caviar dish that, that me and one of the other guys split. Um, We had some super fresh raw oysters. Uh, Somebody had the lamb chops. They looked amazing. Um, And of course the drinks, the wine list, the atmosphere, it's really casual feeling, but really high end service. And I just really appreciate that place so much. That caviar, that's the one in the eggshells with the egg egg custard, caviar over egg custard in an eggshell. That's a a crazy dish. It's so smooth. It's so good. It's not that expensive for the amount of caviar they give you, especially. Um, And uh, I didn't pick up the check, so I wasn't really paying that much attention. Um, But yeah, last time I was there, I think we had the the whole Branzino, like I've just never had a bad dish there. So, um, and just FYI, they are having a cocktail class on December 14th and uh, you can get tickets there at secretburger.com. Cool. And on Monday, Al, as you know, cause you have put it together, we had the neon feast Sparrow and Wolf, Brian Howard cooking demo over at appliance by design and element cabinet builders, cabinet 
builders, if I could speak today. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't wait for the next one for anybody listening. It was the inaugural, uh, chef Brian Howard from Sparrow was walking around, passing around, uh, pate on croute. He was passing around nugs with caviar from half bird. There was, uh, Bobby G Gleason with beam Suntory was making wonderful cocktails with Roku gin and basil Hayden bourbon. Um, and it was just such a fun place to have it too. Um, I, I don't remember how you got to that place. Um, but I remodeled my kitchen about six times walking through it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I really loved the event. So, you know, for anybody listening, keep an eye out for more because the chef did a really great presentation. He made this beautiful sort of bulgogi style steak with these great marinades and these Brussels sprouts. It was really interactive. Uh, people got a chance to kind of see everything that was going on ask questions, uh, taste all the food um, sort of while it was being prepared, but then after the dish was completed. Uh, and I, I I want you to tell us more about what we're doing over there. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you coming out. It was the first event and, you know, so I was nervous as hell going into it. Um, I thought we did a pretty damn good a job for the first time out, <sighs> especially. Um, I really love Element Home Gallery over there. They, they've been kind enough to host us and they say they want us back. Uh, maybe we'll do these quarterly, maybe eventually move them up to monthly. Um, I don't think we'll do another before the end of the year, but we have Smart. been talking to some people. <laughs> yeah. we, we may, we may, we'll see. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of great chefs in attendance. And, you know, that thanks for coming because that's really, um, you know, part of what I was saying that night is, you know, I created Neon Feast so that I could show people places that my friends go out to dine and the people that I trust go out to eat. I created this podcast so I could give people a chance to listen in on the kind of conversations that we have about food, you know, my friends and the people that I trust about food. And the one thing I really wanted to do was a way to put the public directly in touch with chefs and get that experience that you and I get occasionally when we get to walk through the kitchens and chat with the chefs at restaurants and do things like that. And um, this was a perfect space. They're over there on Dean Martin Drive near Warm Springs. If you're looking to renovate your kitchen, I would definitely go over there and give them a shot. And yeah, hopefully we'll do some more cooking demos over oh, there. You know, we had I a lot of chefs so. in attendance that night. We had um, Sam Marvin came out for it. Um, we had Gio Morrow came out for it. And I know yep. we're talk maybe a little later about something Gio has coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're going to this weekend, but yeah, I it am, was a yeah. great event. So thank you to everybody who came out. You'll be seeing some extra excerpts from it on the neon feast social media um, pages and on our social media pages as well. In the, so in great. Too I, distant I, you future. Know, just, just to share some of the feedback, everybody felt like it was really intimate. You know, people like you said, who may not get that experience to be able to talk to the chef, were able to have conversations. They were able to really get involved and kind of understand it and ask questions because he passed out recipe cards about how they could make this at home and what substitutions might work. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really fantastic way to introduce people to that kind of experience. We never talk pizza on the. Oh, wait a minute. We always talk pizza on this podcast. <laughs> and we're going to do it next. The uh, Las Vegas Pizza Fest highlights on the way. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here you are in Vegas. You're hungry and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. Yes, we do talk pizza a lot on this podcast, but that's because there are a lot of high-profile pizza events in Las Vegas, and also we know that everybody loves pizza. I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) right? So with the Las Vegas Pizza Fest in town this past weekend, I had another... You know, we say we talk a lot, but we do it when there are big events, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing. Pizza Festival, you know, Pizza Expo, Pizza Festival. Absolutely. Like that. So um, the Las Vegas Pizza Fest, the second one, was in town this past weekend. I had another chance to... um, walk around and chat with some of the biggest names in the pizza world. And I was not going to let that go to waste. A lot of these people are people (laughs) I haven't had on the show before. So um, I had a microphone and I was rolling the whole time. We started off with some familiar names and some friends, beginning with the Metro Pizza booth. This thing wouldn't have been happening without Metro Pizza. And I started off by speaking to Chris Decker and a little bit of John Arena. What a great turnout. Weather is perfect. People seem to be happy. I mean, it's Pizza Saturday. How could you go wrong? How do you feel about the way that this year's festival has progressed from the the previous one and where it's headed in the future? Well, I'll tell you, it's only VIP right now, and I'm exhausted. (laughs) Cool. Well, I'll try to stay out of your hair. John, good to say hi to you, too, man. Everything's great. So good to see you, Al. Better than ever. Awesome, man. Thanks. Vincent Rotolo, talk to me for a second, brother. What's going on, Al Mancini? How's how's things going today at the festival? Unbelievable. We're about to put out 1,600 slices. We've been going nonstop. It's unbelievable. I think there's going to be 2,000 people here today. So, uh, yeah, just happy to have everybody out here. I've seen you since I walked through the door, man. You have been just one slice after another. Very busy over here. So first of all, I appreciate your time talking to me. But have you had a chance to walk around and try some other people's food yet? Yeah, before they opened the doors, I went around. I tried almost every slice. Everybody's putting out great quality. It's unbelievable. We got the Sicilian style, Detroit. We got, there's a pumpkin agra dolce pizza going up at Gio Moro right next to me. Everybody, sausage and peppers from the guys over at Greco. So all the food here is incredible. Um, How do you feel about the way that this festival has grown from the first one in 2019 till now? Well, you know, we had to go through a lot of challenges, but I think now we've been able to secure Greco and Pizza Master as two huge sponsors. And without these ovens here and without support from Greco and getting the ingredients, you know, it doesn't make the event possible. So the way we've grown is people see the quality of the experience we're putting out and these big companies now want to be a part of it. So Sky's the limit from here on out. Cool, man. Well, thanks for your time, and keep making good pizza, brother. Thank you, guys. Have fun. So we got Chris Palmieri here from Naked City. Chris, man, is this something? You've done this festival before, yeah, we right? Did the, we did the first one. This is our second one. So 
So what are your thoughts on the event as a whole and how it's growing? It's awesome to see it growing, man. Uh, Got to get some bigger ovens for the next one. But yeah, it's going great, man. It's awesome to see it grow. Cool. Um, what are you guys making here from Naked uh, City? This is our newest specialty pizza. It's a tipsy paisano. It's a uh, vodka sauce, mozzarella, ricotta cheese, capicola, and basil and parm puree. What do you think this festival says about Las Vegas and the scene and its ability to all come together? I mean, it's just showing that we're building community and food and art and everything out here. I mean, you look around, it's all local people. This is not tourists, you know what I mean? This is local people, local pizzerias, local breweries. It's awesome to see. How much has the scene changed since you opened Naked City? I'd say night and day. <laughs> night and day. There used to be like three of us. Now there's like, look around, man. There's just local awesome pizza everywhere. So as you can hear, the festival was really great for catching up with friends. But I was also really psyched to speak to some of the real pizza pioneers of this town that I'd never met before. I'll start with Frank Vento of Carmine's Pizza and before that, Village Pizza. He was out there firing up his sausage and pepper pizza with a torch, which as you can hear, I was kind of interrupting for some hungry customers. Sorry about that. But I don't regret it because it was so cool to speak to Frank for the first time. You know, we're, we're very local. We've been here since since 1976, started out at his Villa's Pizza back in the day. Yeah. So we love this, we love being part of this, this is amazing. So what have you seen as the pizza scene has wait, evolved? Wait, wait, hey, well, wait, sorry, I'm come keeping back. the people for the pizza. That's Let's right. make sure we get these guys fed while we do that. No, don't ever let me get in the way of food. Now he's firing it up with the blowtorch, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Uh, yeah, be sorry. They're hungry, you know, they got to eat. No, no, I'm sure you have to get in the way of anybody, man. You just work while you talk if you don't Yeah, mind. yeah, so uh, what else? Yeah, we've been here a long time. You know, my dad is, he's, he's retired now. You know, the, the pizzerias get passed down to generation. My cousins have some, my, my uncles have some, so... But we've been in town a long time. Yeah, so you've been here over decades. There was a time when yeah. there wasn't a very serious pizza scene. No. I think it's changed the last 10 years and especially in the last five. But how have you seen the development so that we've been able to get to this point? Oh, you know, that's a great question. I'll, I'll give, give you a good answer. So there's a lot of old school guys here. Me, Metro, uh, Pizza Rock's been around for a little bit, you know. And when we were around, it was local pizzerias with each other. We were all friends, we all talked to each other. Now you got a lot of young guys, man, with some talent and some girls that, you know, know how to flip pizza better than anybody. And, you know, they're bringing a good flair to it and it's coming out with the new age, I think. So it's cool. Tell me what you're doing here with this um, acetylene yeah, torch man. in your pizza. I'm what kind of talk, pizza I'm you got? talk you through it. Who wants one? I'll take one. This is, uh, I'm gonna give you one right here, ready? So, this is our signature pizza. It's not always available. It's called the San Gennaro. Sausage, peppers, and onions. We use the, the red onions. So then, you know, when you're at San Gennaro, though, you like those sausage and peppers sitting on that grill for a long time. They soak in the, the juice. So then we hit it with our, our little flame because when you taste the peppers crisp like that, right off the bat with the sausage, that's, that's amazing stuff. Looks gorgeous, man. Thanks hey. so much for your time. I appreciate hey, you it. Got it. Another big game changer on the local scene that sometimes gets overlooked in pizza discussions these days was Setabello. Um, this was the first place that was ever certified by, by the VPN in Naples as truly legit Neapolitan right here in Las Vegas. So I was really excited to um, be there with them and to get to speak with Carmine D'Amato for what I believe was my first formal interview.
You guys were kind of the OGs of taking pizza seriously in this town. When Centebello first opened, there were three or four other serious pizza makers in this town, plus you guys who were coming on the scene. Here we are many, many years later. How's the scene changed in that time? Drastically, to be honest with you. Las Vegas is becoming a pizza place. Pizza meta. And so it, it's it's nice. It's very nice because now there is a lot, a lot of choices to have. And everybody's sticking their game up. Ingredients are getting better. So it's the real deal. One thing that separates you from the crowd, other than the amount of time you've been doing it in Las Vegas, and you're wearing it on your um, your chef's whites right now, is this Associone Verace Pizza Neapolitana. Am I saying that right? You did pretty well. Okay, explain what that means. The association just makes sure, you know, we do the things like they were made in Naples like almost 300 years ago. So, dough changes every time. So we don't have a recipe. I got a couple of people coming in for a recipe. I said, it's not like I don't want to give it to you. I just can't. <laughs> because, because you have to follow the rules of the association, right? Yeah, but because, you know, flour changes, weather changes, humidity changes. So recipes, just not a recipe. It's like you got to do what it tells you to do, you know? Are there it's the big difference. Are there any other people here in Las Vegas that are, are certified to be making it the legit way like you guys are? Not at my knowledge, right. to be honest with you. I don't, a VPN, no. And so what are some of the things that, that then elevate your pizza? Like with the ingredients and the quality and the stuff that you have to do in order to get that VPN? To be honest, it's the dough itself that we take so much care of it. And then, you know, the high quality ingredients. So it's like our pizza, some people they might say, oh, it's a little expensive, but it's really not. There is a lot of work and a lot of high quality ingredients that we put in. So I think, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool that we have this chances in Vegas. You know, they could try us out and try something. They could, they don't have to go to Naples. Right. Yeah, exactly. It saves you the plane fare. How are you feeling about the other pizzerias that are out here today, man? Have you had a chance to try any? I have. I mean, a lot of these guys are my colleagues. So I have a lot of respect with them. There is a lot of them. They do a really good job. So like I said before, the pizza scene here in Vegas has changed. And so a lot of respect. So all of the stands were pretty busy throughout the day. Some of the pizza makers, however, did find time to duck out of their own operations to go support a friend or two. I caught up with Pizza Rock's Tony Gemignani at Floriana Pastori's Senora Pizza Truck. It turns out the two of them are old friends, and they both had a little bit of news to tease. So, Tony, you're over here at Floriana's truck. Um, what brought you over here? How do you, you were How saying did, you've known each other a while. Yeah, 23 years ago when I competed in Italy, we would uh, we met, and we were young back in the day. I mean, Sassa that was Sasa Italy, and uh, we have a mutual respect for each other for a long, long time. She came here in the U.S. and uh, she makes she's amazing pizzaiola, like amazing. Uh, thank you. Well respected in Italy is uh, not just uh, uh, making pizzas, but training people how to make pizza. So she's not just an amazing pizza maker, but she's a teacher. So just to really be able to come here and see her kitchen and work with her a little bit and try her pizzas, it's, it's freaking amazing. It's awesome. So Chef Floriana, um, you're one of, I guess, two trucks here, right? So uh, is it a little different cooking the pizza on the truck at the festival than in the stands? Is it maybe a little easier because it's close to your home home turf, I guess? Exactly, for sure. It's more easy for me <laughs> because it's my, my pizzeria. But yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing to be here all, uh, with all together and uh, yeah. 
So what do you think? And you know, you've been to pizza festivals all over the world. So how does this feel to you? How's the Las Vegas Pizza Festival? I mean, it's much better what I thought. I really love it. I love the environment, the people, the love of pizza, the community of pizza to stay together. I, I love it. I, I really love it. I really feel uh, like, you know, at home. So it's and in great. 10 minutes, I think a thousand more people are going to come, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm trying to get these interviews done early on, yeah. man. Tony, what do you think about this festival, how it's developed so far, and where it's headed, and what it says about Las Vegas? I think it's gotten bigger. It's gotten better. Um, you know, the first one's always the hardest one. It's that pizza community, really showing everybody that Vegas does have amazing pizza. There was a renaissance here for a while. And people think, oh, New York or Chicago, that's where all the pizza's at. No way. Vegas, there's some amazing pizza, pizza makers here, independent operators. And um, it's just, let's keep it going. It's just pretty awesome to be around such great people. Cool. So can you guys tell me anything new in the pipeline for either Senora Pizza or for Pizza Rock or your other brands? Yeah, Slice House franchise. I mean, uh, several coming in L.A., looks like Denver, all over the Bay Area. So I've been working on that a lot. Yeah. And how about you? And we are working on the brick and mortar. I think it's coming maybe in the spring of next year, 2023. Oh, wow. That's amazing news. So can you tell us what neighborhood? Uh, it's around southwest. So, yeah. That's what is IKEA? Almost near the IKEA. Near the IKEA. Okay. Yeah. So there are a couple big projects coming yeah. in right there. Are you in one of those? One of those, yeah. But you're not allowed to say yet. Not yet. Okay, because you know now I'm excited because I live about three minutes from there, okay. right? So I'll be able to walk down to all of those places if I want to. So I'll be getting your pizza hopefully soon, brick and mortar. You will. Uh, we will be the first to know, and uh, of course, pleasure to have you as soon as ready. And if you were grateful to hear a female voice in there, I can assure you the Pizza Fest was not a complete sausage fest. There were several talented and passionate women from the pizza community represented, and there was no better place to discuss that topic than at the Women in Pizza stand, where I chatted with Alexandra Mortati. How is that organization as, as a movement and a drawing attention, you know, with the cause of drawing attention to the great number of females making pizza in America, how's that going right now? going really well I think since we started it in 2019 every year we see more and more women joining the industry and telling their stories and coming out from behind the scenes are there some names here in Las Vegas that we should really be looking at for women in pizza that are on fire right now oh 100% you should look at Madison Saglabene sorry if I butcher the pronunciation with um, Pizza Stone she has a food truck and it's cannabis infused pizza and Danny White with Yukon Pizza they're about to open their first brick and mortar and they're currently operating out of Vegas Test Kitchen and of course Gloriana who's here as well yeah and what are you making here today we're making a Regina Margarita, which we're calling the Three Queens, because we have three incredible female pizza makers <laughs> at the helm. We got Georgia Caparuscio from Don Antonio, New York. We have Nicole Bean from Pizarro's Pizza in Houston, and Anna Cruzit from Mercurio's in Pittsburgh. How do you feel about this event? What does it say about Las Vegas as being a pizza destination, or a pizza city at least? Oh, I think it shows that there's great pizza here, and that people want to come out and are for it. I think there's a great pizza community. I mean, the Pizza Expo is held here every year, so it's just a fun time to celebrate and bring everybody together again. A lot of the people I've spoken to so far have been in the game for a long time, many for a long time here in Las Vegas, but we do have some relative newcomers as well, and one relative newcomer, at least as a business and to the festival, was Rebellion Pizza, as Ryan Paris explains. This is Rebellion's first time at the uh, Las Vegas Pizza Bowl here, yeah. This is really, uh, yeah, this is the first time we're doing this right now, cool. so. What did Rebellion make? 
Uh, we made the spicy honey pepperoni, uh, by far the most popular pizza we offer. It's a cup and char pepperoni, fresh sliced jalapenos, uh, pecorino romano cheese. Uh, we also did, we were working with Grande, obviously, and then uh, some fresh dried oregano with a finish of Mike's hot honey on the end. Cool. Have you tried anybody else's today, and what do you oh, like? Yeah, oh, yeah, great. Pizza Rock, they always, yeah, Pizza Rock does a great job. Super Frico, these guys knocked it out of the park with their uh, with their Detroit style. They did a really great job. Uh, Naked City, obviously, um, they're, 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 they're out here for a reason, you know what I'm saying? So. Absolutely. And what do you think this says about the Vegas pizza community, that you're all able to come together this way and work together? Yeah, this is it. This is uh, all of us supporting each other. We're here to make the best pizzas in town. Uh, hopefully put ourselves on the map a little bit more as far as Vegas being a place to go eat good pizza. You know, not just New York, not just, you know, Philadelphia, some of these other places that are known for their good pies, you know. So we're trying, we're trying to put ourselves on the map. Esther's Kitchen was also in the house with the man himself, Chef James Trees. Great day for Pizza Festival. Weather's amazing. Crowd's amazing. All the pizza makers. It's good to see all of our friends. It's great to see John Arena. Chris Decker's over here oh, yes, kicking ass. All of our friends from Naked City and uh, Rebellion. I got out there to Rebellion. Amazing. Super, super good fucking pizzeria. That definitely needs to be uh, highlighted more. Even though it is on the edge of fucking Arizona. Yeah, true, true, man. So tell me what you're making here at the Pizza Fest. So we figured everyone was going to do a lot of sausage, pepperoni kind of pies. So we went the other way. And what we did was Fontina, Telegio, peanut butter, and uh, some Warren Paris. So highlighting things from the season, changing it up a little funky, a little rich, a little sweet, a little, you know. All the different kind of flavors we're playing with normally at the restaurant in comparison to what most pizzerias are doing. I think it'd be dumb of us to come out here and do a merguez pizza or do a meat pizza. And then inside, obviously, Adam Rios, the man the myth, the man who runs All Salitos, and they're making your favorite dish, rigatoni alla vodka, you know? Uh, you got uh, Ralphie's people are in there, kicking ass, having fun, making uh, these snapperazzo croissants, which are ridiculous. And Ishmale is doing this crazy porchetta sandwich. So, wow. I mean, jump in there, get to see all that, all the great pizza makers here. Giovanni's doing this agrodolce pumpkin pizza that's absolutely out of control. I did head into the VIP section where there were some very cool non-pizza offerings. Rodeo Devlin was representing Snapper Razzo Hot Dogs. So, man, what is um, Snapper Razzo doing with hot dogs at a pizza festival? Oh, man, we're doing the best we can. We've got the laminated crust here with Chef... Um, Benoit, he's not here right now, but he'll be here shortly. Ralph's out right now in Kentucky uh, doing a bourbon tasting. Right now we're, we've got the pepper, the honey chili sauce on top. We're doing our pork dog. The lamination uh, set overnight so it's nice and crisp. And we're just having fun and about to go eat some pizza. <laughs> what made you guys want to be involved with this, being, not being a pizza place? Well, anything uh, that's pizza-related or Italian, we always want to be a part of the community. I mean, you see how big the turnout is and who all's here right now. It's uh, it's an honor to be here, you know, to be a part of uh, good food and good times. you have any favorites that you're looking forward to trying out there? Uh, probably good pie and then, of course, above the crust. I want to see what Nick brought to the table today. Also in the VIP section with Chef Adam Rios of Al Salito Posto. Yeah, we're bringing our house-made rigatoni. Uh, a la vodka with house-made fennel sausage so it's our number one seller at the restaurant by far and away we cannot take it off the menu if we wanted to uh, yeah we extrude all of our pastas every single day in-house make all the sausage fresh in-house and we put it together and it's an amazing dish people love it how do you feel about this pizza festival 
It's it's insane. Like it is a big deal out here. There's there's a lot more than I anticipated, and the ones that I had before we opened, they're absolutely amazing. So the food's been great, and uh, everybody's having a great time. So, whose whose pizza have you tasted today that's really blown you away? There's one out there. They're they're making uh, like pumpkin with uh, pumpkin seeds and. Some, oh, it was, it was absolutely amazing. Just totally different t take on, uh, you know, a classic pie. And for my final VIP bite, I dropped in on Via Focaccia's Ismaele Romano. You have a history of pizza festivals. You've competed in pizza festivals as both a pizza maker and a sandwich maker, I believe. So how is it for you to be at a pizza festival but not making pizza? Well, I still have my hand on the dough, so I'm happy for that because I'm super happy to make the dough every morning, so... Yeah, it's something different, but it's, it's something that we make from scratch, so I take it proud, so I love it. Yeah. What are you making here today? Uh, today we have a porchetta sandwich with the dandelion saute with a little bit of garlic, uh, pecorino toscano, and a little bit of salsa verde. Now, is this a dish that you make at Via Focaccia at Ellis Island, or is this something new you created? No, it's, this is something new that we created for some event. Unfortunately, we don't, I don't have a ranch kitchen inside the, uh, Via Focaccia, so I can make sandwiches like this, but the focaccia is the same, the veggie, we use the veggie, so... Right. And I want to remind people, tell people what you do at Via Focaccia, if those who may not know. Yes. So, we do artisan sandwich with the focaccia. We use the premium uh, salumi cut that's coming from Italy. We use a really good cheese. And we also have a good uh, bakery for breakfast. So some croissant, some cake, uh, and nice coffee. Great. And I need to ask, because of where we are, do you ever miss making pizza day to day? Yes. I always make, uh, miss making pizza because I love it. The VIP section, by the way, also had a nice craft beer selection. Windy Forest was there representing Craft House Brewery. I am pouring you Cuckoo. It's our award-winning Munich Dunkel Lager, which pairs amazing with the Parquetta Sandwich from Ellis Island. Tell me why you um, decided to come and participate in the pizza festival today, while you get your next guest a beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love the pizza festival because it uh, is based upon a community just like the craft beer industry. Another really cool part of this festival, for me at least, was getting to meet and to know some listeners to this podcast, and also meet people in person that I had previously only known through social media. I was really psyched that these two listeners, local Joey Payo and then just Joe from Chicago, came up and said hi. What made you come down to this pizza festival and what are you thinking of what you've seen so far? Um, well, I've been listening to your podcast a lot and so I've been getting really into the whole like culinary scene around Vegas. It's one of the reasons why I moved here. Uh, just all the up and coming like chefs giving like getting an opportunity to kind of open up their own place. So, um, I, as a big fan of pizza, anytime that there's anything having to do with like, you know, pizza, I'm always on the lookout for it. And so this was kind of like, you know, multiple birds with one stone. What have you seen so far and what have you liked best? Really loved uh, Good Pie. They had the upside down grandma. That was incredible. And then some of the stuff here, the um, El Salito Posto, uh, Rigatoni is fantastic. I feel lucky. I've now met two podcast listeners today. I got Joe from Chicago. Joe came up to me to tell me nice things about me, but I want to hear his thoughts on the pizza festival. Joe, how are you, man? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Um, we're here for we don't do uh, you know we don't do shows, we don't do Cirque, we don't do that crap. But we're in town all the time, and we thought we'd take a run at this and see if it's anything we'd want to do again, or if it's just going to be you know do been there done that. And yeah, this is big fun, and the weather's perfect. You know, this is really nice. How frequently do you come to Vegas? 
every few months. Okay. Yeah, we have a place in town, and so it's an excuse. This was an excuse to come out. And we like pizza, like most people, but we don't have the chance to get all over and try pizza. There's only so much pizza you can eat. Yeah. So we decided, you know, let's check this out. And um, so far, yeah, man, big fun. Well, big you, fucking fun. you come from Chicago, which is known as a pizza city. So how do you feel Vegas pizza stacks up? And does this change your opinion by being out here today? Uh, 25 years ago, you couldn't get a slice of pizza in this town that seemed any good. There were very few pizzaiolas. There, you know what I mean? You, you've been around a while. Yeah. yeah. And it's completely different now. A lot of great pizza, a lot of good pizzaiolas. Um, it's a treat. It's a real treasure. And I love the community of it all. Like with the restauranting in town, you know, yeah. like you're always saying. There, there isn't this adversarial situation. Everybody just seems to uh, support each other. And um, so this is great. And then I got to chat with my Facebook friend, Christine Scott, and get her thoughts on the event. So, Christine, what have you been enjoying here? What are the most exciting, most interesting, most surprising things at this festival? Wow, James Tree's um, Esther's Kitchen, his white sauce on this pizza is absolutely amazing. And I think Metro Pizza, I'm a thin crust girl, originally from Minnesota, so I don't like the thick crust, but their pizza was absolutely awesome. How are you feeling about the vibe, about the lines, the crowds? I mean, it seems pretty low-key here today. It is. I mean, I have VIP. We got in here early, but look, look what time it is. It's like a couple hours in. People are, like, amazing, and there's no lines. I mean, people are getting what they need to get, and people are really enjoying it, and it's, it's an awesome experience. Lest you think the organizers overlooked dessert, I can assure you they did not. Sweets were provided by Buddy V's Pizza Cake and served by cake boss Buddy Velastro's father-in-law, Mauro Bellagiovini. And if I got that wrong, I apologize, but here's Mara. What brought Pizza Cake here to the pizza festival? Well, it was just that I'd like to join everybody to show our product and what we offer. It's very good, so have it a try. It's pretty awesome to have a dessert concept here, and you guys fit in perfectly for that. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I was happy to be here. What did Pizza Cake bring for dessert here to Pizza Festival? Well, we have a cookie cakes, which is a s'mores and also Reese's, and we have also famous cannolis. We're not done. The news is next. This is Food and Loathing. It's time for the news, and let's kick it off by mentioning that Chi Asian Kitchen is now opening in the Strat. I was there for a media meal last night, and I spoke with Zoe DiRenzo, the VP of F&B for the Strat, and we spoke about both the food and the extremely cool atmosphere they've created. Here's what she had to say, starting with how the place transports you out of the casino into what feels like an underground hipster hangout someplace in Asia. You go into a different space and it just feels like you're in a different world and you just transported yourself into an Asian back alley. The artwork is incredible. We've got some really great graffiti. The music is incredible as well. It's something I'm really proud of. It. Um, it's just fun and it just feels like you're just in kind of like a club as well. Uh, what's the style of food that you cook here? It's definitely a Chinese-inspired food, um, but we do have some influences of, of Thai food as well as you can expect to have some soups, noodles, an incredible wok. So you're going to definitely the Asian style, but you're going to have some, some kind of different regions as well. 
I also wanted to mention that it is stone crab season actually kicked off in Florida on October 15th. We're well into it now. I don't know if either of you guys are stone crab fans. Oh, I have. I that, Here's the weird thing. The only place I've ever eaten stone crabs is Joe's stone crabs, mostly in Miami <laughs> beach. Every time I go there and a couple of times at uh, Joe's seafood, prime steak and stone crab in the forum shops in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, same. Pe- I love it, but it's the only place I've been. Well, look, if people want to take advantage of them being in season right now, a couple quick tips for you. Seagulls 1941 at the El Cortez. Um, You know, the El Cortez has a long history of doing stone crabs when they're in season. Uh, Seagulls has revived that since they've opened. You can get stone crabs there every Friday and Saturday. They're 49 bucks a pound, which is the real bargain on this list. Comes with sauce, coleslaw and cottage fried potatoes. You can also go to see our friends at Piero's. They now have them flown in daily and they sell them a la carte. So 30 bucks per claw for the large, 40 bucks per claw for the jumbo at Piero's. And you can add them to anything you want. And man, you guys mentioned Joe's. Look, they offer them year rounds. Usually the medium started around um, 70 bucks for seven. But I spoke with Dave Quillen, the executive partner of Joe's, about how the offerings improve this time of year. Well, we always get excited for the beginning of the season as we able to get a variety of sizes for our guests to enjoy all the way from medium up to jumbo and colossal, which we, of course, serve cracked and chilled with our signature mustard sauce. You know, that sounds like a lot of money. And yes, they are expensive, but stone crab is so rich. You don't need more than one or two of those. Claws. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, do you know, look, I think the fact that we've got these three places, three different price yeah. ranges, three different ways of putting them together. Obviously, Joe's is the gold standard. That's where we've all eaten them in the past. But, um, you know, I look, I love Piero's. It's nice to be able to add them to a menu there. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the Seagulls deal is just such yeah. a Vegas bargain. You yes, know? absolutely. It's it's today's version of the, the 99 cent shrimp cocktail back in the <laughs> 60s and 70s. Right. Elevated. It's a lot more elevated. I love Seagulls, as I've said many times on this podcast. Yeah. I think I'll give that a shot. I'm in. Hey, Jonathan Wright over at the RJ is reporting that Bella Vita is preparing to open its third location this winter in Boca Park. Oh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> the local Italian chain already has outposts in Henderson and on Blue Diamond Road. Saw the sign when I was walking, driving by, and it feels like it'll fit in just fine with Who Songs, despite your review earlier in the podcast, <laughs> and Kona Grill, which are both sort of chain corporate a uh, really nice, decent experience, but you probably don't remember much about what you had the day later. <laughs> right. I know I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've been watching the construction happening over there because I, I have appointments over there and I shop over there uh, on a pretty regular basis. Um, they're taking over a great big corner suite. So um, looking forward to what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I see cool. it on the and- way to total all the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually going in total fitness? Oh, Is that what you're no, 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 no. Total, total, total wine. Total wine. Okay. <laughs> Accompaniments. Like, yeah. Okay. On that note, that is about it for this week. <laughs> Big thanks to everyone at the Pizza Festival who took some time to um, chat with me in the midst of all their madness. Thanks to Zoe at the Strat and to Dave at Joe's Seafood Prime Steak and Stone Crab. Tell a friend about Food and Loathing, which is available everywhere you listen to podcasts. You know that. You're listening right now. Spread the word on social. Search for Food and Loathing. And if you have a question of Al, find him direct. Info at foodandloathing.vegas. If you haven't done it yet, download the Neon Feast app and use it to find your next dining destination. Whatever you need, whatever you want, you'll find it on the Neon Feast app. And if you're more of a computer person, neonfeast.com. 
you want to find me and have a chat about anything we've talked about today or anything coming up and maybe how much is too much when it comes to wine and whiskey collecting, you can find <laughs> me on the socials at Wishbone and Vine. None too much. <laughs> Ew, no, I say that until both of my spare rooms are taken up with boxes of wine and whiskey. <laughs> hey, if this podcast isn't enough of me for you, have no fear. I am always out there talking food in other venues. For example, you can see me usually every other Wednesday on the CW Las Vegas at approximately 810 to 815 a.m. I'm doing two weeks in a row right now. I'll be yeah. back talking about Thanksgiving yeah. uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving as well. But some of us are radio purists. You can find the Neon Feast update on the Vibe, 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the high desert, 98.9 at the river. Also, Al shows up every Thursday morning around 8.10 on the club, which is AM 670, KMZQ. And with my purist, Rich Johnson and Samantha Gemini Stevens, I'm, I don't know how pure she is, by the way. I'm Al Mancini, and I am none too pure. Reminding you, stay hungry, everybody. Stay hungry, everybody.